If I were to highlight an item or an area that I see top performers do way better than average salespeople in, it would be what they do to get momentum in a sales presentation. Most salespeople get stuck. Closers find a way for momentum. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a good day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios. And we're going to talk about momentum, but I want to talk to you in a couple of different areas and then bring them and tie them all together. And so I'm going to give you the view from writing co-pilot through a whole bunch of sales calls and being co-pilot in a whole bunch of sales presentations and even role play. And so what will happen is salespeople get stuck in the moment. So I want to preface this at, at the beginning of this, this episode of saying, look, if I talk about salespeople getting stuck, I want you to realize it's not just at the end of a presentation. It's throughout the call. Okay. So sometimes salespeople will say, I got all the way to the end and I did a good job and the buyer rejected me. It could have very well been that something was missed earlier on. And this something could be small enough that you didn't even see it. You didn't even realize that it was there. And so when salespeople get stuck in the moment without preparation, they lose their mind. And because they feel like the deal is going sideways and it's really not, they go into free fall, meaning panic plus a loss of control plus a loss of the deal going away. And this hangs up the sales, the sales process because salespeople get referred to what I refer to as getting stuck in the mud. They get caught up in the nuances. You know, they, they take a, a strike as the whole game being over. So I'm going to give you a baseball analogy. You know, they, they take a no and like all of a sudden they're like, oh, the deal's gone. Like, no, that's a, it doesn't work that way. What you got to realize is during your presentation, throughout the entire phase, the person is oscillating. They're saying yes, no, or maybe. And sometimes they'll throw out chaff, meaning they will throw out things that really don't matter, either A, out of nervous energy, or B, they want to see what, how you're going you're gonna to defend your position or you're going to have a conversation. And so when deals go sideways and salespeople panic, they lose, they lose internal control. So when I say control, I don't mean control of a sales call, like how people say, you've got to control a sales call. You've got to be in control the entire time. I don't mean control of the sales call. They lose control internally. And this kills the deal because check this out. You know, this morning I was on a phone call with one of my mentors and it was pretty cool. It was pretty interesting. He was talking about multiple ways to grow a business and it was geometric. Okay. Now I was just having a conversation. My tempo, my pitch, my tone was the same as everything that I've talked about in this podcast so far for the last two and a half minutes. Okay. Now, you go conversely and you start adding speed to the way that you talk and how fast you talk and what you got to do. And now all of a sudden you got like, hey, I got a whole bunch of questions that I need to know about. And there's some things that you got to tell me. One of the things that happens is when the buyer that you're dealing with has an objection, has a concern, has a problem, hits a roadblock, 
you just got to let it roll off your shoulders and be like, okay, I, I can deal with this. So let's, let's break this down into a few elements. Your buyer is throwing something at you, an objection, chaff, problems. They want to see how you're going to handle it. And what they're doing is they're in their mind, they're like, do I stick with this sales guy or the sales girl or do I look for other options? Let's give you what the elements are. So look for what the common problem is or the pain. What is it that they are having an issue with? What is it that's going on? And the only way you're going to know is if you ask questions and stop talking. So salespeople get stuck sometimes in multiple different ways. And one of them is they just feel like they have to talk and they just, they just have to start spilling their guts. And I just have this belief that sometimes you need to slow the process down and, and wait three to five seconds. I'm not talking a lifetime. I'm talking three to five seconds before saying or doing anything. And so look for what the current problem is. And a way to do that is to get out a piece of paper. You know, Zig Ziglar referred to the scratch pad as some writing paper. Get some writing paper and start asking some questions. What are the solutions? What are the options? And, you know, some people may say, go to the Ben Franklin close. I'm like, okay, cool. That's what you want to do. No problem. Yeah, use the Ben Franklin close if that's what you want to do. But, you know, you can you can list out whatever the options are on paper or not. And I have a couple of word tracks that I love as a go-to to help me buy some time. And I figured this out, I don't know, 2007, 2008 from studying body language, that politicians are all taught, all of them. I don't care what country they're from. I don't care what party they're in. I don't care the affiliation or the symbol or the animal that they have on their their decided uh, group that they work with, okay? They all do the same thing for the most part. Somebody asks them a question and they go, hey, it's interesting that you say that. Okay, they say that because they're getting their brain some time to think. So I have a couple of these. So a couple of these word tracks would be, hey, well, why don't we do this? Or, hey, how about we do this? Now, understand that saying that gives me about two seconds. And then I don't have to automatically start talking. I don't have to automatically start like, hey, how about we do this? I got a great idea. No, no. Use some curiosity bait. Use use a little bit of the conversation to your advantage. So you know what? Why don't we do this? How about let's write a couple pieces of information down on paper? I just happen to have some handy. So tell me about what's going on. Share with me some insights. Give me an idea of where where the struggle is. And one of the things that I've noticed is when you take notes when talking to people, like you're a reporter or you're doing an investigation, they tend to start giving you information. So the reason you need to have some paper on hand is to have some proof. Now, does this work all the time? No. Does it work a good majority of the time? Yeah. The right answer that you come up with isn't always the first answer. You're looking for momentum. And so sometimes you may have to cross out some ideas and go, okay, I get it. That one doesn't work. Why don't we take a look at this option? Or why don't we combine two elements? The thing for you to remember when it comes to getting momentum and having some momentum thinking in a sales process is your closing rate can take 10% of the time of the entire presentation. So let's just figure this for a second. You have a one-hour presentation for whatever you sell. That can take you about six minutes to close the deal after you get an objection. So how much how much material do you have? How much conversation ability do you have? How much patience do you have? Now, conversely, let's just start adding this up. You have a two-hour presentation. That could take you up to 12 minutes to close the deal. How much content, conversation, presentation capabilities do you have? 
So the whole goal for you is to look for a way to move the deal forward and not be stuck. And I will tell you that this is the difference between top salespeople and the people who are average. Top salespeople will find ways to move the deal forward. And they're not about pressure. They're about creativity. What could we do? How can we we make this happen? So here's what you need to know to handle this. It takes time, energy, and effort. The great news for you, the fantastic news for you, is most salespeople are lazy. So what, what you have to be put on this list, you don't have to do anything. What you could, what you could put on this list is know what your offers are. Know what your previous offers are. Now, one of the, one of the items that I pioneered and that I worked with a significant amount of time is, uh, you know, why don't I get you last month's special? Because it's something that somebody can't have or shouldn't have, but now they can have and is dangled in front of them. So like knowing your offers is one of the most important things that any salesperson can go through. And you would be surprised. You would be surprised at how many times I work with salespeople and they don't know their offers. So, you know, now as a general rule, when I do ride-alongs or coaching, I'm like, okay, we got to make sure that we have your offers down. You need to know what you can sell because most salespeople sell from the seat of their pants. You know, the most salespeople are just heavy discounters and order takers. That's not you because you're listening to an episode of the How to Sell show. So I believe in you. Okay. I want to give you an example for financing. When I managed a sales team, you know, one of the things that I worked on, and especially with struggling salespeople, was knowing what the financing options were. And in a lot of the industries that I work in, there's a dealer fee. So, you know, if uh, somebody wants to make a purchase, the way that it works is it goes against the salesperson's commission to pay for part of those dealer fees. And so the best of the best salespeople that I know of in-home sales, specifically for this example, are constantly running numbers in their head. So they know that if they sell a job for $10,000, the minimum payment is going to be 125 bucks. Okay. So if they know that the $10,000 mark that it's going to be 125, they know that a $15,000 sale is going to be 187. And they know that, you know, a $20,000 sale is going to be 250 bucks. They know the numbers. They know the discount. The discount fee is what you have to pay the vendor. So uh, on a $10,000 sale, you may have to pay six to 12%. And so the reason I bring this up is the top salespeople I know always come up to the table and always go to first pencil, as you're going to call it, with with knowing what offer they're going to put out there. Struggling salespeople stick to one plan and one plan only. And as soon as they get, you know, knocked off their feet, they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have any capability of a conversation. So for you, you know, if you work in an industry, like I mentioned, where it's in-home sales and you're paying for part of the dealer fee, you could create a really quick Excel file of all of your different financing options and tablets are not unheard of these days. I mean, come on. We got technology moving past the 2020s that's important for you to realize you could use this to your advantage. And so you could always create a quick Excel file and figure out financing options for payments. And the reason I bring this up is like you need a way out when you get stuck in the mud. So last night I had a coaching call with one of the clients that I have and he does in-home sales. And he was like, Scott, I, I gave a presentation to a, a homeowner that's going to be a potential client. And here's where I got to. I rolled the price. I said, okay, so what came next after you got the objection? And he said, um, nothing. And I said, okay, so like we need to have a couple of different roadmaps for you to get out of this process. 
So the buyer was stuck on easy payment plans, AKA financing. And she wanted, let's say 12 months, same as cash. Well, because the sales guy that didn't know his numbers like he should have and hadn't practiced them, he didn't have anywhere to go when he got stuck. So, you know, his sale was, let's say 18,500. If he would have known his different plans and his different options for, for discount fees, he wouldn't have been stuck. Now, the reason I bring this up for you is you may do something completely different. You may be in a, a different vertical. You could be in a different industry. You can have some other product for sale. But what are your options when you get to the end and you're like, all right, we can get you started. It's $20,000. And somebody goes, well, you know, I don't want to pay 20000 Okay, that's fine. They they don't have to pay 20000 But like, think about this. Is it the total amount or the total investment that they're freaked out about? Is it the monthly investment or is it the terms? I mean, there's there's three different things that are going on. And as you're sitting there having the conversation with the buyer, you can automatically assume that it's the total amount. So you start discounting and it could affect the monthly investment or the monthly payment, but you you end up going down this path of not having clarity and it creates problems. So like I see a lot of salespeople that instead of looking for a solution that's outside of discounting, their automatic solution is to drop the price. And that may not be the concern. So here is the the list that I'm going to give you. You know, you have to be able to make an offer to the person that you're sitting with. And you know what? When you're under pressure, you're going to want to slow down. Speeding up the process becomes awkward to the buyer. And it also becomes awkward to you. So you start reacting really funny. And it could be the things that you say. And under nervous energy, your normal traits will come out. And under nervous energy, I have seen the most ridiculous things said to buyers because like you don't know where to go and you don't know where to what to do and it's socially awkward. So just realize that as you're getting towards a closing process in, in a presentation, one of the best things you can do is to slow down instead of speed up. Ask some questions to clarify your position. Can you tell me more of what you mean by that? I'm not quite understanding what you're saying. Could you rephrase it? Could you ask me that another way? Let me see if we have this straight. Can you confirm with me that we're both on the same page? Like, remember, this type of interaction is more meant to give yourself a little bit of time to think through what's going on. Instead of putting so much pressure on the buyer, you're just asking them a really easy question. Find out if there's a way to get them to tell you no. And I know this freaks salespeople out. They're like, Scott, I don't want to get my buyer to tell me no. They're going to give me an objection. So I'm a huge fan of Jim Camp. Jim Camp's Start With No is the only book that I've read over 30 times. I have read this book a lot. I've listened to the audio program. And I just after going through it as much as I can, I'm a huge believer in getting people to say no. Because once they have no out of the way, now they can tell you yes. Which is a short version of the book. If you don't have... Start With No by Jim Camp in your library, you should, because that's the book that came before uh, Chris Voss never split the difference. So if you're like, well, Scott, I've never heard of Jim Camp. I'm like, please, please, please know that Jim Camp trained the FBI. And I totally believe that Chris Voss is one of his students. Okay. It's not always about the price. We went over this a few minutes ago. It could be about the terms. You could, you could be on the wrong product. You could, you, you should be thinking maybe I could have been selling a higher service. So I'm going to give you some insight into my life. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about a mistake that I made about six months ago. I was working with a doctor 
and I presented what I thought was a good offer. And then I found out later words that the doctor didn't trust what I offered because it wasn't enough money. It didn't have enough decimal points in it, right? Or commas. It didn't have enough commas. Decimal points is the wrong answer. It didn't have enough commas. So he was like, I was leery of uh, the product that was being sold because I didn't think what you were selling it for was enough, <laughs> which was a big enlightenment to me. So I raised my prices, okay? An objection isn't no, it could be clarification. And so here is the thing for you to take away. When you sit down with a buyer and you get stuck and you can't figure out a way to move forward, they get stuck as well. Sales is a form of leadership. That person's looking for you to be the leader in the presentation and to make sure that you are delivering information to make sure that you are the right person. And sometimes they trip you up. Sometimes that they will throw stuff in your way. And sometimes they will say things to find out if like, what are you going to do when you get stuck? Because in their mind, if they're going to get, if a salesperson is going to get stuck in a presentation, what are they going to do when things go sideways? Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.